Good morning. Thank you all for being here. My name is Angela Cooper, and I just want to welcome you all to New Church Live. Pastor Chuck will be out in just a minute, um, and I just wanted to give you a couple um, pieces of information about things going on here at New Church Live. Um, The first thing is we've been blown away by people's generosity. We've been collecting winter coats and a handful of other things, and they actually told us they have enough winter coats. Um, You guys were all very generous, and we just so appreciate everyone who was contributing. They do have a handful of other items that they're still collecting, one of which is diapers. Um, You can continue to donate diapers of all sizes. Those are always needed, Um, as well as some snack items, you know, like bags of chips and snacks, juice boxes, and things like that. So I I updated the Amazon wish list um, for anybody who wants to order online and have it dropped off at our office, or you can just pick up, you know, anything at the store and drop it off at our New Church Live office. I'll put that information in the chat window. And of course, you can always go to our website and there's a contact form there and you can email me with any questions you might have. Um, And they are just blown away by everyone's generosity and support. Um, We're also collecting bottles of water for Angels in Motion. Um, So it's just been amazing to watch this congregation continue to show up for the community. Even during this uh, virtual time, you are all amazing and supportive, and it's just so amazing to be uh, able to witness that generosity. Um, I also had a parishioner who's interested in purchasing part of the meat, um, that story that was part of church a couple of weeks ago. We have a local farmer who has a meat, um, they have a farm where they butcher meat and we donated it to another organization. So if you're interested in learning more about that, um, we already have at least a quarter of a steer, um, but if you want to participate, um, we're going to be working on getting that donated as well. So put your information in the chat window or fill out the form on our website and I can get that information to you. Um, And then the last thing, Pastor Chuck's going to tell you about our small groups, but I also wanted to remind you our coffee and donuts that happens virtually after church is continuing, and we want to encourage you to participate. It's just a half hour, a way to connect, talk about the service, and just see some other faces on a screen um, and connect. So uh, that information will also be in the chat window at the end of the service. Um, And we're just so thrilled you're here, so amazed that everyone still continues to show up and connect even virtually during this season. The last thing is, of course, our donations. We're obviously not passing buckets because there's nobody here in person. If you want to contribute to New Church Live, you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977. Make a donation that way, either one time or reoccurring, and it just continues to help us support all the things that we're doing, um, and we just so appreciate your continued support. So thank you, everyone, and here's Pastor Chuck. So great to be here today. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair, pastor at New Church Live here. Great to have you on board joining us online. Whether you're joining us live or archived, we really do consider you part of the New Church Live family. So welcome. The series we're going into right now is is a chance to make things better. And I want to talk real quickly about what I think one chance might be. And there, there are many of them. I mean, I think God gives us these chances all the time. As Anne Lamott famously said, it's never the bottom of the night. (laughs) I don't think it is. I think we have those chances on a daily basis, and we have those chances as well in a a bigger community-based basis. That's why we do small groups here at New Church Live. I I think community building is so critically important. And I think one of the things we really struggle with in this day and age is, is it's so easy to lean towards what is entertaining versus building community. Because what is entertaining is, 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 in a certain sense, more attractive. It's easier 
Building community, though, that's what's really important. That's what matters. That's what lasts. That's so much of why we do this, to, to come to a community that's, that's got a Christian New Church message at its core, and it's a message that we can share out there into the world, and it's a message that welcomes all people from all faiths. We have a very wide tent here, very big tent here at New Church Live. So how does that work? Well, we have coming up as part of this series a set of, of different small groups. And, and with these small groups, the point is this. You know, we, we know that the two great commandments, like God's like, look, if you, if you just get this, you'll get it. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. So what could that mean in our lives? Well, that could mean, one way to look at it, is to know God and also know your neighbor. Know the other people in your lives and try to know them continually a little better. That's how community gets built. That fine art of listening and being able to share one another's stories. What we're going to do to do that is we're going to have four weeks here of small groups. You're welcome to contact Angela to find out what the different ones are offered. And I also want to offer my small group, which is Thursdays at 7 p.m. on Zoom. If that interests you, again, you can get in touch with Angela or get in touch with me to enroll in it. It's going to be run by Rebecca Cooper and myself. And we're going to be looking at this question first off, a pop-up conversation, who is your hero? Just that simple, just that simple. I was reading a story, and it was, I'm a big football guy, I like, like watching football, and it was this football coach talking about how he gets his teams to get to know each other, and he said, you know what, it comes down to four H's, your hero, your hopes, your history, and your heartbreak, and if you can share those four things, you'll really get to know each other, and that's the hope, is that we continue as best we can in ways very imperfect to continue to build community and build community and build community. So I do want to warmly, warmly invite you to that. That will be a great offering coming up. And I also just, I want to say I'm super excited about this series. This is one I've been thinking about for a while. You know, it's, it's how can we constantly come back to this idea that we have a chance to make things better? As the musicians come out, let's just think about that. What's the chance to make things better? What's the chance for us to imagine a new and different world? I remember being asked, you know, well, a young man was asking me, well, sort of what church are you from? I said, New Church Live, Christian New Church Perspective. And he said, oh, this is, what I, this is what I love about the new church. They believe that heaven is near. I love that idea. Heaven is near. Yes, we do believe heaven is then and there. And we also believe very much in a heaven here and now that, that is where God's really calling us to live into. And hopefully today we can just reimagine our lives a little bit, reimagine our communities a little bit. And maybe just make a few simple steps that are going to help us along that path. So with that, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. Emily, that was beautiful. Thank you. That idea, folks, of, of imagination, right? That idea of imagination. I was, I was uh, reading a wonderful article. It was by a, by a rabbi. And he was saying, that's the power that faith has. Power has its, 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 excuse me, faith has its power really out of this idea of imagination. You know, how can we reimagine the world? Because that's what it's constantly calling us to. How do we reimagine things? How do we see things in new ways? How do we remember, I think, that we always have a chance to make things better? We always have a chance to make things better. 
So I want to welcome you as we launch our, our February series here. And that's what we're really looking at. And hopefully by the end of each service, you know, you have, a, you have an idea of, yeah, I could just do this little thing. I could just take this step. I could just take this chance to actually make things better. And today, what we're doing is we're going to be looking at, at how the series goes. And, and we're going to be looking at the one there, the second one on here, which is the challenge to rethink. We're going to look at three temptations. We're going to look at the challenge to rethink. We're going to look at deciding to follow, the call in the ordinary. And then the last one is going to be what is possible today. And today, we're looking at that idea of the challenge to rethink. The challenge to reimagine might be another way to say it. The challenge to be creative in our lives. The challenge to get that we're empowered and responsible. The challenge that it is to maybe like, like get, our, get that our worldview is just ours. We just get one point of view and maybe we can just expand that a little bit. And that's a challenge. It's a challenge to rethink. And yet I think that's what we are called to over and over again. So to set up this, this series, I was thinking about, you know, Jesus going through three temptations and what that means. And the idea, if you think of temptations as challenges, I'm thinking, yeah, we're going through three, big, three pretty big challenges right now. Challenges around COVID, challenges around the economy, challenges around political divisiveness. And, and you know, we've got our challenges. This is Jesus talking about his, and I want to read them. I'm not going to go into a lot of depth on these. I'm just going to read it just so we kind of get the context for the story here. And then I want to talk, all right, so here's this context. This is what he just went through. Then what did he do with these challenges? Like here are the challenges. The challenges are the given. And then what do we see Jesus do with those? And using those as a model for maybe how we can deal with challenges as well. So this is from Matthew 4. And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, which was Jerusalem, and had him stand high on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus also answered him again. It's written, do not put the Lord your God to test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. We're going to be looking at that line in more depth next week. Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. And then the next section goes on. Jesus begins to preach. He begins his public ministry, which is really a ministry of healing. It's, it's, it's interesting, folks, when we, when we look at, you know, some of the challenges that we are facing, you know, that, that here's Jesus, and Jesus goes through this, and Jesus goes through this alone, like this large feeling of loneliness, and it's the same kind of thing we go through as well. You know, a deep feeling of loneliness, a deep feeling that, that uh, yeah, that just we're doing this alone, and, and how hard that can be. Especially when, when, as we go through the challenges we're going through, where a lot of those 
community bonds are, are at best strained and at times even non-existent. You know, I'm just coming out of spending a, a week in quarantine, just was trying to be safe after having done a funeral. And, and you know, it just, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard being in this place. It's hard feeling these strains. It's hard not having the normal rhythms. So a question that I thought was interesting is, is at this time, what is it that most people fear? What is it that most people fear? This was a really interesting chart I found. And this is what most Americans fear. And, and I put a red arrow by the one actually that matters the most. You know, it's, it's people from this perspective have these fears. People from this perspective have these fears. Well, what are, what are the fears that we all share? And the number one one that we all share, this is interesting, polarization and divisiveness. Polarization and divisiveness. Now that gets right into the idea of repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So how does this connect? How does this connect? Well, first off with that graph, you know, that idea that, that divisiveness is so much what most people fear, what, what most people have anxiety around is they, they feel like they feel all these, these pieces ripping at the social fabric, and, and all these crises coming together do that. And, and here's the crazy part. I believe that there's actually good news in that. I believe there's good news in that, that this is a fear we share, regardless of perspective. If what we fear, if what makes us the saddest, what causes the most anxiety is divisiveness. And we, I see that in families, I see that in marriages, I see that in communities. If that's what we most fear, this is a truism. What does it tell you we most love? If that's what we most fear, what does it tell you we most love? See, there's actually good news in that, in, that, in that almost despair, I would say. Because people know what they want to return to. Now, again, we'll have arguments and debates over how best to do that, obviously, but, but that's part of the choir that is, that, that's the song that will get us towards an answer. But the idea that we all share that love of connection. And we all feel very acutely when we feel disconnected and we feel alone. We feel disconnected, and we feel alone. That's where we get into this line from the Bible, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now that word repent, that word repent, such a significant biblical phrase, constantly, if you've been around New Church Life at all, you know I say this all the time. I'm gonna say it again because it's so important. Repent, Greek, metanoia, metanus, meaning to rethink, meaning to change one's mind. So Jesus comes out of these challenges, and he starts his public ministry, which is a ministry of healing. And when he starts that ministry of healing, the first thing he says as he starts calling people to that ministry is he says, look, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Rethink. Rethink. 
Now, that rethinking things, folks, is, is, not, is not necessarily always easy. I'm going to step over onto this carpet here. That rethinking is not necessarily always easy. So what rethinking can mean? When we, when we rethink something, it means we have to be able, we have to be willing to question our assumptions. To question our cherished opinions. <laughs> Which, if you're like me, is incredibly hard to do. That's what repentance means. It means you have to look at it. And there's, and there's an interesting little story that Jesus tells earlier in Matthew about it. It's one I, one I preached on in our morning message a few days ago, and it was just this story, and Jesus is walking along, and there's a tree. The tree's not bearing any fruit, so Jesus looks at the tree, and he's like, look, you're not bearing any fruit. This tree's just going to wither. He's telling his followers that. And I think that's the point of repentance. It's to look at those things in our lives. Like, where's that tree? Where's that thing that just isn't bearing any fruit? And you know it. You know what it is. And can you look at that and go, all right, it's not bearing any fruit. It's actually time to pull that tree up. That's what repentance is. It means I have, the, I have to be willing to get rid of that thing to create space for something else to happen. A story that I had a conversation with a, with a parishioner about. I said, you know, one of the ones for me that just was not bearing bearing fruit. I had become a complete news junkie. Like I was reading news all the time, all the time, all the time, all these alerts on my phone and, and checking all the different sources of news and blah, 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 blah. And I mentioned this to a parishioner that that was kind of a fruit, a tree that wasn't bearing much fruit for me. All I was doing was creating anxiety. And, and she said, well, have you ever thought of deleting some of your news apps? And I thought, no, actually, I had never thought of that. You see, folks, that's actually an act of repentance. It may not, may not fit into like a spiritual category as we might stereotypically see it. But it's that willingness to look at, for me, that willingness to look and go like, hey, this thing's not bearing much fruit. I got to kind of get rid of it. I got to get some, got to sort of clean my life out so that something else can enter. I'm going to step back over here. Now, what happens when that takes place? Well, I, I love the idea. After that, that same little morning service, my dear friend Ray sent in this little, this little message. He put it down, on, uh, down in our Facebook chat. He was talking about old trees on his property. I'm having my 60-year-old apple trees cut down currently because they don't produce fruit anymore. I've resisted coming them down, cutting them down for years but I finally faced the next phase of planting new trees. It's going to be okay. That is about as good a description of repentance as you will find. It's spot on. It's exactly what this is about. Like, like how, how do we actually rethink? And, and if, if we don't rethink, we're just going to be stuck. And we'll be stuck alone. We'll be stuck in a place where we feel disconnected. Rethinking repentance is actually really good news as we get to reconsider life. So I want to hear from you folks as we get ready for our middle song here. What I'd love to hear from you in this season of your life, and it doesn't have to be anything big and grand, you know, it could be something small. In this season of your life, 
What do you need to repent of? What do you need to rethink? Where's that piece you just kind of know, like, it's not fruitful for me. Maybe it's time, like, to get rid of that. Just, you know, if you could text it to me, don't worry, I won't read your name with it. But just give me a text, and we're going to take 60 seconds to do that, and then we'll have our middle song. So the question is, in this season, what do you need to repent of? What do you need to rethink? To those of you who are just listening, maybe you're listening in the car, you can either answer in the chat. Don't do that if you're in the car. <laughs> but if you're in a car, you can text me your answer at 215-740-3662. 215-740-3662. I look forward to hearing from you folks as we get ready for our second song. Beautiful. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Ethan. That, that think good thoughts, folks, is, is right? It's, it's such a beautiful concept, you know, that, that the think good thoughts, and we have to repent to do that. You know, there's no space for a good thought if our minds are clouded with fears, anxieties, worries, indulgences, you know, addictions. Like, there's no space. You know, I, I'm reading through these folks. I, I you know... <clears throat> I'm continually amazed just by how much people know. And this is, this is why we do community, because people know so much. And, you know, I'm reading these back there. I'm getting a little kaflump because, because I think we can hear ourselves in all of these. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to read the names out loud because I know this is, this is, these are private. And I want you to hear, you know, those that were shared, um, you know, just hear what people shared and hear where you hear yourself in these. There's a fair number of them here. I'm going to not read through all of them, but I'm going to read through a fair number because I think they're just so good. Rethink my attitude. Sometimes I'm like a cat chasing its tail. Not good. In games, because I might look stupid. Look for the solutions quickly after recognizing the problem. Ask for help. People are kind but can't read minds. Oh, that's so good. To be more productive mentally and spiritual and spiritually and find more meaning during these days and welcome alone times. I'm still working on it, but my vision for my career, God has wanted me to go a different direction than I wanted to. I'm learning to listen, and it's unfolding beautifully. By the way, listen, the word listen, to lean in and listen to God, the word there is obedience, which is kind of fun. In this season, I'd like to rethink my expectations around climbing a career ladder. Both the good news, riches and temptations, and the bad news, tragedies and fears of the kingdoms of the world distract us and separate us from the oneness, the kingdom of God. This is where peace is. That is beautifully said. Bringing the presence of the Lord into my daily decisions and and actions, regardless of how minuscule they are. Young man, you just said the rest of the sermon right there. I decided to question, rethink the executive orders the new president put in place and see what shows up for me and to perhaps see what my good friends who vote dis- differently than me could agree on. Putting so much energy into trying to keep my house so clean. Get that. Need to repent of my worry of how the COVID crisis comes out. That the Lord is with me every moment and will guide me through everything that happens want to repent of the belief that I don't have time for what matters most. I don't have time is one of the most, this is a big one, I don't have time is one of the most overused, unproductive excuses and is an epidemic. 
I'm working hard at better managing my priorities to ensure that I do the things that matter most, family, faith, exercise, etc. I like this one, honestly, most of it, but above all, just to be more effective at work and relationships in my life, what needs to be cut so that other things can grow. The inability to be wrong, that is a very brave admission there, the inability to be wrong. I loved this one. This one, I just thought, boy, this is really good, really good. I need to reframe what it looks like to spend time alone. Another person wrote, alcohol and the associated turning away from life. Another person, too much time being idle and making excuses that I am entitled to this time. That's really well said. Trying to rely on myself instead of leaning on looking to God. Beautiful. I too had to walk away from news and negativity. I need to rethink kindness. And there's, there's others there, folks. Like, like that is, that's, those are so beautiful, right? Like, that's the human condition. And we can look at that and it can just, it can feel heavy. But I don't think we're supposed to see it as heavy. I suppose we're supposed to see it as blast. Because there's our marching orders. You only write that stuff when you have an idea about how beautiful life can be. You only write that stuff when you have imagined a different future. You only feel the pain of that stuff when God is at work in your heart, calling you home, and you know you're not there yet. Which is the human experience. That's just beautiful. So let's just, let's just hold that, okay? So here are these places we're going to repent of. Here are these things we're going to try to rethink. And, and some of those are so beautiful. Like my mind is going a million directions on those. So let's just hold that. This is what we're going to repent of. And then Jesus goes on to say, repent, why? You know, why do you repent? Why do you want to think? And he says, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Now I want to flip through three ideas really quickly here, you know, about that kingdom of God. And it's, it's interesting because kingdom of God, and I'll, I'll say this a lot, you know, it's really important. Like kingdom of God, as Jesus talks about it, it's not an escape plan from this life. It's about bringing heaven into this life. The heaven that's out there becoming the heaven that's in here. Now, how does he phrase that? Well, I, I think it's brilliant here. He, he first off, he says, well, it's at hand. You know, literally, it's within your grasp. It's not on a different table <laughs> or a different city or a different part of the country. But it's here. It's at hand. Again, really good news. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's within, within your reach. The second part to talk about, nor will people say, this is from Luke, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God, and this is where I wish we had our full audience, I'd have you say the W word there, so just say it at home, is within you. So it's at hand, it's within arm's reach, and it's within you. Both of those should bring a smile. Both of those should bring a smile. And I feel like if we just take a second there, take a breath, 
I hope it was even just for a second you could sense that. And the last one, a beautiful story, is Jesus is trying to describe it to people. He uses this example. We're big fans of the British baking show in the Blair household, so I like this idea of, of yeast and baking. The kingdom of heaven, which is synonymous with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast mixed in about, mixed in about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. So it's small. It's at hand. It's from within. It's small. So if I rethink my life, if I do some of these things, I'm willing to pull up those things that aren't productive. What I'm going to find is I'm going to find a kingdom of God that's at hand, that's from when, it's in me, and it's small. Think about that. I think so much of the time, you know, we, we get into trouble when we cast out their sort of utopian visions of like the world will be perfect. We kind of strive for this idea of human perfection where, where a lot more of life is, is about sort of quieting ourselves enough to understand the blessing in the here and now. And then from that place, go forward to make the changes, to make the world better, to make the world kinder. Our ego... Our selfishness, our self-centeredness will not look for what's at hand. It will not look at within. It will look for something out there to make itself feel complete or whole. And it tends, interestingly, to not look for the small. It tends to pass right over that. Because of someone I loved, I loved what, what someone said. It'll pass right over it because it doesn't have time. Look how crazy is that? Because it doesn't have time for what is, because it doesn't have time. What happens, folks, when we can do this? Well, you know, again, like, let's, let's, just, let's just recapture this. So, so the challenge is to try to learn to repent. And if we can do that, we're going to find this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven. It's at hand, that's small and within. That's beautiful. And then when we put those two together, when I've rethought and I've kind of pushed things aside, that uprooted those things that don't work, that don't serve me and don't serve God, and I've moved into this idea, oh, it's right here. You know, I just need to breathe. It's right here. I don't even need to search, per se. It's right here. What do we get to? And I love the way this author put it, Dr. Barbara Holmes, Reverend Dr. Barbara Holmes, said this beautifully a foundational sense of awe. I just want to sit with that title for a second, a foundational sense of awe. I think that just, that captures it for me today. <laughs> you know, yeah, if I can rethink these things and, and I can just get to where the blessing is right now, I will be returned to a foundational sense of awe at the world. Now, what is that foundational sense of awe? This is what she writes. When we are, and I would take, by the way, I would take a screenshot of this uh, at home. When we are fully, fully alert in spirit, mind, and body, we are more than we imagine and can accomplish more than we suppose. Now, isn't that interesting? Like alertness allows us to accomplish great things. Moments of awareness occur as a dawning of meaning. When the, think of that phrase, dawning of meaning. When the familiar suddenly becomes infused with new insights, 
or unfamiliar ideas merge with the wellspring of experiences and beliefs that pervade human consciousness. Such occasions feel like personal discoveries. And I, I just want to stop there. There's nothing more fun as a pastor than watching people have those insights. It's, it's probably the best part of my job. And there are many good parts of my job. While in the midst of an epiphany, folks inevitably apply the term discovery to lands, people, and ideas that have always been present. That were always there and always will be there. And what they say, I've just awakened to a long-standing reality that I finally see. That I finally see. Now, now that, that sense of awe, like we get a chance to see it in all kinds of different ways. And, and, and I want to, you know, give you a couple of examples here. You know, one, one example that came from, from, you know, a memorial service we did this past week. You know, a, a number of folks lost folks very near and dear to them. And our, our hearts as always just go out with a lot of compassion. And, you know, with these, with these memorial services, as hard as they are, they also consistently have these little blessings interspersed throughout really hard circumstances. And the blessings are when you hear about how people lived and the good that they did in ways that were often at hand from within and small. One in particular that struck me out of many this past week, one I wanted, wanted to share with you folks here, and I could share so many actually from, from, from both memorial services, was, was from a story from Stephen. And, and, and Stephen passed away right before Christmas, and, and I got in touch with his, uh, with his religion teacher from the Bernathan College. He'd been a student at the college over here um, a few years back. And it was a story he told about going to a concert. Now, now, now there's, there's a juxtaposition here with Stephen. Stephen loved heavy metal music. And he loved doing something called being in the pit, the mosh pit, which is you kind of go and you kind of like ram into each other. It's sort of like a rugby scrum, and that's how you dance. Now, I have no desire to do that. I don't even know what it looks like, but, but that's the rumor of what it is. So he, he comes out of this heavy metal concert, and then he's walking back to his car, and he's, a guy approaches him and says, hey, buddy, you know, I'm homeless. Do you have, could you, could you loan me some money? He said, no, but I'll, I'll go buy you some food. So I went and bought him some food, had a conversation with the guy. And, and this, you know, like, again, you think about it, I was thinking any car driving along the street would have just saw two guys walking into a 7-Eleven. Nothing big, right? Stephen bought him food, and then Stephen was writing about this in a diary form. And he, he said, and here I'm paraphrasing here, he said, you know, what I realized is, is this wasn't, like this little act of kindness and the, the reciprocity, like what the man gave him, what he gave the man, because it's always reciprocal, right? Mutual love, back and forth. What, what he said was, was it wasn't just about this man. He didn't just see this man. He saw humanity. And he didn't just see this man, he saw humanity. Somebody wrote, you know, in their response, that's when we see the kingdom of God, we see the oneness. Same thing. We see this humanity. That's always there. It's at hand, 
It's within us. And it's small. There's great power in that. And, and, and great power when we can see how, when we, when we, can, when we can form communities that are, that are trying the best to support each other in, in seeing the world in these reimagined ways. And, and again, that's beyond just a particular denomination. We can support each other, what it can start to look like. This was kind of a fun little one we had at New Church Live, this idea of starlings. And, uh, you know, I was asking Josh, who's joining us as our studio audience today, if he knew the word for it. Josh, I'm going to have you shout it out to make sure you remember. The name of a flock of starlings is called? Murmuration. Murmuration. So that's called murmuration. And, and it's interesting, right? Because we've all seen these things like, you know, they just, how, did that, how does that all work? And like, that's a miracle right there. And that's, that's I mean, I look at that and yeah, that's the kingdom of God as well. And here they, they did a study and I, I always find it fun to think, yeah, people study this stuff. Somebody is all lit up by figuring out how starlings navigate. And what they do is they navigate by sevens. So each starling is just keeping track of about seven other starlings around them. And each one of those seven is keeping track of seven starlings. Like you can just see how it's like that old shampoo commercial. It just goes out and out and out and out and out. There's something really beautiful and, and incredibly insightful in that. That idea that that's how the movement, like, like we have our, our small little community, whatever that might be, or probably for most of us, communities, you know, and that, that our job, we just kind of adjust along the way. And, and, and that's how change starts to happen through those, through those little adjustments around the common good. Those little adjustments around the common good as God gives us to see it. So we repent, we look towards the kingdom of God that's small at hand and within, and we try then to serve the common good. You know, and God's going to put us in these little murmurations <laughs> that are going to help us to navigate that. That, that's so important. Because I, I, I'm going to ask us to all think about the hard work here. I really kind of want to talk about hard work. And I think the hardest work we face, certainly the hardest work I face, again, is this dichotomy between the entertainment I crave and the community that we dream to build. And this worries me. Because we're getting better and better at being entertained. Better and better and better and better and better and better and better. Entertainment 24-7, any kind of entertainment you want, you can find 24-7. Building community, though, is something different. Is building community entertaining? Yes. Many of you folks are very entertaining. But it takes a lot more work than just scrolling on a screen for me. And maybe that's a place where I can just share with you honestly, like maybe that's where we can all think of what's the call to repent of that. To repent of this obsessiveness around what's entertaining. 
and instead start to ask the question, what will build community? Because I do believe what will build community is what will build heaven. I do believe when we're called home, God's not going to ask us what subscription package do you want with your house? Disney Plus, Hulu. And he's going to ask us with a smile. Friend, what community do you want to build? And that becomes home. I want to sit down over here for a second just to talk about the, the last couple of slides here. I think, folks, we can look at a couple of things here. I think the idea, and this is real important, you know, the takeaway for this service, you know, sermon writing team is always so good about reminding me, like, well, what's, what's the takeaway? Well, the takeaway is this. Can we figure out this? Whatever we do, can it be done with purpose regardless of scale? Don't get into the racket. It needs to be great or grand for it to matter. The small, often unseen things are what actually changes the world. Within that group of seven, Navigating a little differently. No, everybody in that group of seven is attached to seven and attached to seven and attached to seven. You know, we just try to change things a little bit. In the worlds we are, looking at what's small, what's at hand, what's within. Being willing to give up the sacred no. Being willing to repent. To rethink those things that, that, aren't, that aren't working. And this, from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my heart, for all of us to remember, we really have a chance to make things better. And I'm meaning the we in the cosmic we. I'm not meaning the we just as in like New Church Live Sundays at 10.30 a.m. We have a chance to make things better. And if we find ourselves constantly offering editorial comments on life, versus actually leaning into that chance to make things better, we've probably lost the plot. Jesus went through his challenges, and we're again to follow his model, went through his challenges. Then he starts saying, look, it's time for us to rethink. The kingdom of God is at hand. And then you know what he started doing? Healing. Healing people. Communities vested in healing people. And it started small and then it grew. So a simple takeaway here, folks, is a real basic one. Like, we do have a chance to make things better. As I step back over here, you know, that, that chance to make things better, it's not overly complicated. I mean, just for today... Chance to make things better. How can you make things better today? Just a chance with a text message, a call, a visit to someone, appropriately socially distanced, obviously, or a gift. 
Who can you send a book to? Who can you send an article to? Who can you send something to? And you don't have to do all of these at all. Like we're going to, this is how we're going to be closing every sermon of this series. Just pick one of them. And just say, all right, I'm going to make this my chance to make things better by dot, dot, dot. And see what happens. See how the world just changes a little bit. Notice when you look at this, all that other stuff's going to show up. All the stuff that you texted me that's going to show up. It's going to be the noise. It's going to say, oh, time for that. Blah, 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 blah. It'll say all those things. Your job is to repent. Your job is to go, I'm getting that junk out of the way. I'm going to find what's small, what's at hand, what's within. Text, call, visit, gift. Something in there. All geared towards our chance, our forever chance, to make things just a little better. Amen. Now to close here, folks, I do want to remind you as well that maybe your chance to make things better is just to have the conversation with Coffee and Donuts. You're welcome to join those folks. You're also welcome, if you're looking for something more than this list, again, to, to join us in our small group program we have coming up. Again, the first question we're going to look at is, who is your hero? And, and you're more than welcome to just even gather a, a couple of people and just ask somebody. Ask a friend who their hero is. You'll get some interesting answers, and you'll learn a little more about them, and a little bit more about how God has worked in their life. So, thank you folks for joining us. Again, we hope to see you next week. What we're going to close on is we're going to close with a prayer here. And then we're going to have the Our Father prayer, a little blessing, and then a last song. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Lord, help us to repent. Help us to rethink. Help us as we rethink to allow that to be this. As we rethink, help us remember. Remember who we really are. Remember what home is. Remember where our spirit lies. Remember you. Remember others. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Fill our hearts with that still, quiet call. A call that says today, this Sunday, that we all have a chance to make the world a little better. Your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, bring you home. Amen.